Thank you, Sam, for reading all the, the, the names. Now, first, I'd like to thank you all for the, the kind feedback which you're given when I did uh, Romans chapter 16. And when I play back and heard it on the podcast, I, I was cringing because I, of how I murdered the English language. <laughs> <laughs> and this morning, you, you're, you're coming for another bloodbath. But uh, as uh, Ralph has said, that uh, we appreciate uh, feedback. On that, we actually can improve ourselves. All right, and uh, to to avoid murdering the English language again, I've uh, tried to put most of my sermon today in complete sentences. So, uh, thank you very much. Okay, we have again. Another list of names. I'm getting the habit of doing names. Alright. But before all that, I want you to consider what I call a problem, problematic Christian claim. A problematic Christian claim. And this is it. That the gospel of Jesus is the only way to be saved is a problem, problematic statement of truth to be applied universally. And definitely not everyone will have the same opportunity to hear the gospel, to be in the position to accept or even to reject it. And therefore the problem is how then is God fair? So I want you to hold that thought. And I hope that uh, at the end of the sermon, I could provide one of the two answers which I find that I can have rest in. That I can have rest in, in this problem. Which, if you take the gospel to the public and say Jesus is the only way, this is what you will probably face. That what about those people who have no opportunity at all to hear the gospel? And how would you answer that? Now, we are dealing this morning, as Sam has read, Matthew, Gospel of Jesus. Matthew, Gospel of Jesus. Now, the Gospel of Matthew, now you have four Gospels, written, given to us. And the Gospel of Matthew was written with the Jewish community in mind. It comes from a Jewish perspective. And this distinctive can be gathered from the very first chapter of the Gospel as Sam has read. It started with the genealogy of Jesus. And it drew the reader to the significant character as regard to the Jewish history and the Jewish culture. People of whom are unimportant, make no sense to a non-Jewish community. And I know that if you give the Bible to a friend now and say, read the gospel, and he'd read the first gospel and he turned to chapter 1, you know the problem? They will say, what on earth? Are we, am I reading? 
names after names, names after names. And we have that problem. And when I gave the Bible to my sister-in-law, I said, look here, turn to the Gospel of Mark, start there. <laughs> so that will keep her safe. So the Gospel of Matthew is written to the Jewish community. Levi, who is Matthews, wrote it to approach the Jewish community and say how Jesus is the Messiah. Now, about genealogy. Now, my wife's surname is Siu, or if one pronounce it, say Siu, that is her surname. And her surname can be traced back to Confucius. Now, I have a my, my kids, I think, are pretty bright, and my granddaughter is also a smart chap, smart girl. And you know where it comes from? It doesn't come from me. <laughs> and if I would trace and say that I would have, and uh, this guy, Bruce Lee, had the same surname as me, and he's probably my cousin. <laughs> probably, you know, probably my cousin. So you know where, where, where all these traits come from. And I thought that he is also my distant cousin, but actually I come to find out that Lee is his first name and Wan Cliff is his surname, so I got it completely wrong. I think that maybe more than half the community do not know who he is. Lee Wan Cliff? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Clean Eastwood. Now, you see, this is one of the things which I, I think we have an issue here. I am brought up in this spaghetti western, Lee Van Cleef. I am bringing things which, to most of you, not relevant. You, you do not know this. So, in my nomination, I put up some young men who I can take the relevance of the, to the community and bring this over to you all. So I'm, I hope that you know, this group of young men, not very young, but they will actually be very current. They can bring the gospel not only to the next generation, but to the present generation. And pray for them. Pray for them. So if you do not know Lee Van Cleef, Google it. You enjoy the Spaghetti Western. Alright. Now when, when uh, Matthew wants to approach the Jewish community, he must say that Jesus actually is part of our history and is part of what we call the Messianic expectation. The promise of a Messiah to come and save not only the Jewish nation, the Jewish people, but the whole world. He must establish that. And he tried to establish, and he had to establish through the genealogy. Jesus must come from the line of Abraham, as God had promised. God promised that the salvation of the world comes from the Jewish nation, and then Abraham was the one who started the Jewish nation. And then he says that it must include, through the line of King David, as had been prophesied by God's prophet. Now, the, the thing which is unique about our Christian belief system is that it's not that somebody wake up in the morning and say, look here, I think I have an idea 
a new religion and his name Jesus said Jesus said wake up in the morning and say hey you know I have a good idea I have a good new set of teaching and I will go out and make disciples and even die on the cross for this new teaching our belief system started much 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 earlier than that even goes on to the beginning of the world where Adam fall God already made that promise but in particular God called up a nation Israel to forge that promise and before Jesus Christ come there are 300 and more prophecies saying that how Jesus is going to be born where he's going to be born how he's going to die and all that is already packed before we have the first Christmas day so our Christian belief unlike I can't think of any other belief system which have that as our core foundation of our Christian belief. It is not somebody come and become innovative and say, look here, I'm going to start a new religion. No. It is part of God's plan as you and I right now is part of God's plan because the journey is not end yet. It will end when Jesus Christ will come again. So this is it. So Matthew actually have to link Abraham and King David and draw a line and say, this Jesus come from this line. This Jesus come from this line. Now, I'm not going to, like the last time, tackle as many names as I can. But uh, incidentally, I want to take you, uh, that was what Josh asked us to tell us, let, let, let's think of the woman which is mentioned is this genealogy. Now, not every woman was mentioned, every important woman was mentioned there. For example, Sarah was not mentioned there. Sarah, the, 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 the Abraham's wife, was not mentioned there. But instantly, there were a few women was mentioned. Tema, in verse 3, who's Tema. Rahab, in verse 5. Ruth, in verse 5. Uriah's wife in verse 6 Uriah's wife is Bathsheba and then Mary the mother of Jesus in the end so there are women who are mentioned there now you may think that these women are mentioned because they they they, they, they have led such a saintly life they are people without faults but But you're talking about this. Sex, incest, and murder. In the story of all these women, these women, not all, this woman, you have this. Sex, incest, even incest, and murder. Now, Tema. Tema practically disguised herself as a prostitute so that the father-in-law that she was a widow that the father-in-law will have sex with her to have the next generation so the father-in-law did not recognize who she was she did not recognize that this was the widow of my son and that's what Tema did she disguised herself as a prostitute so that she had sex with her father to have the next generation not a very pretty story isn't it 
And then we have Rahab. Rahab is also a prostitute too. A prostitute too. And then we have Bathsheba, Uriah's wife. Bathsheba, we have murder there. Because of her adultery with King David, her husband was murdered. Her husband was murdered. And it was through this line that Jesus' genealogy is forged. And what about Mary? A woman, a, 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 a teenage woman, was pregnant even before she got married. Another scandal. So you see that the Bible actually have very detailed account of the story and not hiding this sort of unsavory detail. So the next question we want to ask is, is the Bible corrupted by the narrative of sex? Now if you were having opportunity to share the gospel to Muslim, this is one of their objections they put it. Your Bible is not a holy book because in your Bible there are sex mentioned. It is phonographic. Phonographic. And that's what they say. Now let me tell you of an incident which I have. I took one of my colleagues. We went to lunch together, do lunch break, and she is a Muslim. His name is Zainal. Sitting in front of him. I, when, the, uh, when we have our lunch, I, before I start my lunch, I say grace, quietly anyway. He waited for me to finish grace, and then when I turned up to pack my food, he said, Andrew, do you know that the Bible have all these sex things going on mentioned? It's pornographic, he said. How can you, a holy book be pornographic? I turned to him and said, have you read the Bible? Fact number one is most of them have not read the Bible. But they are parroting what they heard from the preacher. But alright, you know. And he has stopped, stayed back and said, uh, it was a bit, uh, he stepped back a little bit. But I said, no, no, you're right, you know, you're right. Because the Bible, we have descriptions on this kind of instant sex between women and women and like what we have mentioned there. I turn to him and say, you look here, as a Christian, we believe that sex is a gift of God. It's a gift from God. So that is one of the best expression of intimacy, a best expression of two persons loving each other in the boundary of what God gave us, in the boundary of marriage. Practicing that God bless us. Of course, when sex is beyond this boundary, you have people taking advantage, forcing each other, or even selling it. It turns ugly. But sex within the bound of marriage is holy, is God give, is beautiful. I told him. He stepped back a bit. Then I looked to him and said, Look here. If your mother and your father did not have sex, or my mother and my father did not have sex, we won't be sitting here and having this conversation. Now, that was what I call the Holy Spirit moment because that was never what I prepared to say. 
Now on reflection, I would like to ask him this one more question to just ram it. If your father, if you that moment your father and mother have sex, which you are the result of it, you want to think that they were having a loving, consensual relationship, and it's not because your father forced himself on your mother. That it was done out of love and not other thing. So, I'm not ashamed that the Bible have real issues, bring to us real issues, and sex is a real issue. Alright? Now, of all the names, I just want to just go on and help us to unpack the gospel through Rahab's story. Rahab's story. Now, if you have the Bible, can you turn to Joshua chapter one, uh, chapter two? I'll read it. Joshua chapter two. This is the account of Rahab. Now, in the background is at this time Moses had passed on, and Joshua is the leader of this group, the tribe which God has started. We started to, to, to bring salvation to the world. And they were faced with different challenges. And this is one of the challenges they face. Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go, look over the land. He said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of the prostitute, the name Rahab. Rahab, that's all in Matthew, Rahab, and they stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, Look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab, Bring out the man who came to you and entered your house, because they had come to spy out the whole land. But the woman, which is Rahab, had taken the two women, two men and hidden them. She said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they have gone, they have come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, the men left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalk of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the forge of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone, the gate was shut. Before the spies laid down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given this land to you and that a great fear has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Shihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorite east of Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our heart melted, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is the God in heaven above 
and on the earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I've shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the life of my fathers and my mother, my brothers and my sisters and all who belong to them and that you will save us from death. I think this story self-explanatory. Self-explanatory. What she have was actually, she recognized that these two spies come from the living God. From the living God. And she responded. Now I would like us to go through what I consider the development of faith. Rachel's development of faith. Now, I think like her, although she lived long ago, she had the same existential struggle. Existential struggle. And this existential struggle come up in the, our four basic questions. Four basic questions. I'll keep going on because it's the same basic question I'll bring you over and over again. The four basic question is origin. Where do we come from? And as a, a woman involved in this trade of prostitution, giving her giving herself to the, 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 the money she can get to survive, her heart must have been hurt many, many times. Ethic, the question of ethic, what is right, what is wrong. And then the question of meaning of life and the question of destiny, where do we go after death? What's the meaning of life now and where do we go after death? She had the same question which you and I have. I believe in all culture and it's shown in their, their, their cultural thing, all culture, everyone have these four basic questions. So, Ray, so Rahab, although she is in that situation as a prostitute in Jericho, has the same question that you and I have. Next, please. Okay. Oh, uh, go back. What this? Ah, okay. Next. Alright. Now, when she had this struggle, she saw this spy come in and she, she heard story that there is this God who actually did miracles to this group of Israelites by delivering them from Egypt through the waters, defeating enemies of great odd, unimaginable. And she realized that this actually must come from God. God. And she, the question actually, she have a... The truth is an answer that transcends the earth. She saw that in the God of the Jew. She saw that it was not a, 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 something, the answer does not come from the earth. And she saw that this answer comes from the God who can do all these wonderful miracles which actually baffles everybody. How can this group of people cross the Red Sea, defeat such enemy with great odd? It must be the God of heaven and earth. She straight away looked at God. The answer transcends the earth and transcends 
and it reached the God of the Jew. And what she did was, she grabbed it with both hands, and she asked, and she took risks, she took risks to hide the spies, and asked the spies, said, I want to be saved too. I want to be saved too. And that was like her confession of wanting to be involved with whatever God's plan, the God of heaven and earth, that she want to be involved, to be saved by the God of heaven and earth. So that was Rahab, to me, the development of her faith. Now, I want to remind you about the problematic Christian claim that what I say is that uh, if, the, if, if the gospel is the only way to, 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 to be saved, then it's a problem because not everybody has that news. All right? Now, I want to take the case of Rahab and, and try to unpack this. Now, Rahab is the case story of an impossible situation. If you think of an impossible situation where the gospel cannot go through, perhaps this is one of the situations which the gospel can't go through. Physically, Rahab is walled. Walled in by the fortress of Jericho. Take wall, high wall to keep the enemy out. But she's walled in. She's walled in. She's walled in physically. And spiritually, she lives among those who worship idols which are not God. She lives among people who are spiritually worshipping idols which are not God. And definitely, it is true that if you were to take something of the earth and carve it out and worship it, you make it in your hand, you know that is not God. You know that's not God. If you take a wood or piece of clay and make it into a figurine, you know that's not God. Definitely it's not God. You are the God who made it. But the God of heaven and earth is not made of stone and wood. So he knows. She told, spiritually, she has no answers among the culture she has. And then, culturally, she lived among a spirit of rejection and denial. These people, the people in Jericho, saw this group of Israeli, Israelite coming. They have heard story of how the God have helped them through the, 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 the waters and through all the impossible situation. Instead of turning to this God, they just get fearful and try to save themselves. If they would have turned like the kingdom of Nineveh, and as a nation, but repent and come to the Lord, the whole of Jericho would be saved. But instead, looking at the problem, instead of turning to God, they just live in a culture, in the spirit of rejection and denial. You can reject and deny this, but the the consequences will still come. The consequences will still come. And socially, as a prostitute, she was rejected as being the most improbable to receive spiritual blessing. Don't you think so? If a person come to our room here, dressed like a prostitute, I don't know how they would dress like, even we culturally have a little bit 
you know, how do we approach this? In all love, we find how do we approach this person? So culturally, socially, a prostitute is probably the least for us to say that they are the one who will seek spiritual blessing. So you have this an impossible situation of Rahab. Rahab. But we know in the story that how uh, God is the God of the impossible. God is the God of the impossible. God will, hearing the sincere heart of Rahab, will send spies. The spies to touch her, to, 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 to bring the news to her, to bring the news of the gospel to her. God sent. And later, God even bring down the wall of Jericho to save Rahab. How God is the God of big move. Big situation, He can just come in and act in such a way. In such a way. Because Oh, go back one please. Because in Jeremiah chapter 28 verse 13, God promised, say, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I believe that there's no point in history or geography or in any culture where if a person were to seek God with all the heart, God will not reach out to touch that man or that woman. God will because He can. He can break down even the walls of Jericho to just save Rahab. Send two spies in to just save this family. God is the God of impossibility. Now that's a longer verse I want to read to you. If you can have your Bible, you can turn to Acts chapter 17 verse 28. 24. Acts chapter 17, verse 24 to 28. I'll read to you this. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hand as he is not served by human hand as, he, as if he needed anything. Rather he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their land. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our been, as some of your prophet poet also say, we are his offering. What it says here is, in the fabric of what God did in history, politics, cultures, and all that, God weaved it such a way that everybody has the opportunity to reach out, because he is not far, but he is near. If you only need to seek him, with all your heart. God is the God 
for compassion. So there's no thing, not, uh, there's no excuse saying that because Christ Jesus Christ is the only way, God is unfair. In fact, God is longing for every sincere heart to come and reach out to Him and touch Him. Now, impossible situation in the dark world of crime, drugs and prostitution, God can reach out. We have heard Brian say some of the dark world which he interact with. Interact with. We have heard a lot of stories about it. If you will Google and YouTube Angola State Prison. Angola is not in Africa. It's a state prison in America. And you see how God reached into that prison and touched so many hearts turning to the Lord. Criminals, death rolls, drug addicts, and a lot of them actually became to know the Lord in, a, in that prison wall. Even the wall of all their crime and all their, their the, the background they have got reached in. We heard about the, the, in the communist world of the iron curtain or the bamboo curtain. We heard how God actually reached in. And in, we know in the bamboo curtain, China, China is probably having, as a nation, one of the most God-believing, Bible-believing Christians in the world. As the very small estimate, they say like 200 million. But the bigger estimate is more than that. So in spite of that wall, God can penetrate to and bring the gospel to such impossible situation. Our God is the God of the impossible. Now in the spirit of the tyranny of Islam, now there is another closed system which is the Islamic world. But I'm hearing that God is bringing the fastest growing church is actually Iran. The fastest growing church is Iran. Think of it. Think of it. And I believe that in that situation which I have lunch with my Muslim colleague, perhaps God is using that moment to bring the gospel to him. Because I, will, I could have sent, if he was to report me and dub me, I could have to answer to the authority because it was not lawful for me to share the gospel. So I do not know. It was a, not a, to me, it was not a chance happening, but I still believe and pray for him that God will use other people as he has used me to share the gospel. And I may see him in the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. Reflection. I have quite a few reflections at the end of it. But there's something which sort of, uh, and I see this wall too. It's like, you know, you eat a piece of steak and one of the uh, meat stuck to your teeth and you cannot just speed it out and it's still there. And I'm going to do something which is uh, putting myself at risk there. 
If you know the story of the walls of Jericho, the walls of Jericho was not brought down because the Israelite made a huge ram and break it down. It was not. They didn't build ladder to siege it. It was not. What God asked them to do was so unmilitary. It's almost ridiculous. March round that place, the, the walled city, seven times, seven days. How more ridiculous can you get? And on the seventh day, it came down. That's one thing I learned is that to bring the wall down is a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle. You think of the wall of Montmorency from the gospel. I appreciate the agents which go out, give palm pudding and all that kind of thing, which God will work. But we have to come to our knees and pray. A rather ridiculous thing to do when people say to propagate the gospel, you have to go out there, but we have to come as a church to pray. And the thing is stuck in my teeth is that I'm going to take a risk here. Now we have a Sunday morning prayer meeting before worship starting at 9.15 in the next house. We have about six of us or eight of us praying. This is what I want to say and you can actually burn me at the stake at the end of next year. I believe that if 20 of us will pray, will commit to pray on a Sunday morning next year, commit to pray there, only 12 more. God will add 20 more people here. Now I'm going to burn that stake over, but I think I take risk for the Lord. The Lord. That is what I feel. The wall of Jericho will fall only by the means of God. And in my life, I take a lot of risk on that. And God has not failed me yet. So I thank you. And I pray that the Lord will, teach you, will, will, will speak to your heart some reflection. And I pray that some of you will consider it that although you cannot have the courage to take even a flyer to the next house, that you will say, I'll just come and pray together. We'll pray together. Commit to pray together for the breaking of the wall of Montmorency. Shall we pray? We thank you, Lord, that you are a God of the impossible. And sometimes the wall which you will not break is just the wall of our heart. And you will not because we wouldn't let you. But on other things, you break your wall to make us known. You known to us. We thank you for that, dear Lord God. We thank you, dear Lord God, that in this Christmas we can bring this message this afternoon and the rest of the year, dear Lord God, of this good news, with good news that Jesus Christ come on the on earth 
to save us, to save everybody because we cannot save ourselves. We thank you for that. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.